The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the Knapsack Files Studios in Burbank, California, this is another edition of the three things on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. Hello and welcome to the show that does end. The Three Things is here. We just had episode 46 of The Three Things over the weekend as I was getting back into the groove. I talked about being sick and how I actually kind of enjoyed it because it was forcing me to stop. I can stop stopping now. Sickness. It's still going. (laughs) It's still going. If you've been <laughs> listening, there it is. There it goes. <laughs> That's the sound in your ears right now. It's disgusting, I know. If you've been listening to a lot of the podcasts and shows I do over the last few uh, days, you've been noticing me. It hasn't gotten, like, worse. And that's this isn't even a thing on my mind. It's just I'd like... Sometimes you'd like it to get worse. So you feel uh, justified in investing in this illness. Let's just get on with it so it can get on with me and get out of my life. Sticking around. And that is the first thing on my mind. Getting health help. Medical help. I just had a cough right there and you didn't know. I... Debated, debated, and debated going. I I have medical insurance now. All of 2018, I didn't have it after I lost my job. Uh, I lost my medical insurance two days before I was supposed to have a tooth removed, a a wisdom tooth that was uh, still in me and very impacted. And that was was fun when I was laid off. I said, how long uh, long will the medical last? I said, till uh, today, till 2 o'clock. Surgery's cut for next Tuesday, but I survived. Sometimes out of pocket's the way you got to go, and that's the way life works. We're not not all blessed with uh, medical, good medical insurance, right? Different conversation. But right now I have, I have a, you know, getting a little help. The old government's helping, paying for it still. Despite that privilege, despite that, when I say privilege, like a privilege that I, I can now afford it, I don't go seek medical help and I'm an idiot what is that what is that thing is it mostly men I think so I don't want I don't like dividing things down gender lines when I can help it there's some things that are but they, they, you know I guess this is it this is the sitcom dad thing my dad has it too I've talked in the past about this a little bit about him having basically having a heart attack, heart attack for two weeks and I talked about some uh Weird stress slash chest pains that I was having recently. Uh, but this is... It's inexcusable, and I'm mad at myself. Even as I sit here and record this. Because I swear the chest cold is now going back up into my sinuses. It's moving like a storm. Tropical storm stuffy nose. And I don't want that. I had a sinus infection in 2015 that knocked me out. Bad stuff. Bad stuff. And day four or five into it, 
I knew what was going on in my nose and my head and my sinus cavities wasn't right. It wasn't pretty and it wasn't right. Every little inner voice was screaming, perhaps we can get in your Camry and drive on down the road to the hospital for some medical help. And I didn't do it. And then what happened is I woke up at three in the morning with a foreign substance uh, leaping, seeping out of my nose. I hope you're not eating breakfast, lunch, or dinner while listening to this. Not out of my, not just out of my nose, out of my eyeballs. My eyeball had basically, it seemed like it didn't explode, but I woke up about 2.30 in the morning and went, well, this ain't right, and, and feeled my face. It was like, ah, my brain escaped. I might, might as well have. Because even then, at 3 in the morning, I thought, okay, we're up. Now, I live with a roommate, but I wasn't going to wake him up. He certainly would have helped. He's the type of guy that would have been like, hey, Get in the car. I'll take you. You're not in good shape. I didn't bother him. <laughs> so I did this. Instead of driving down a, uh, you know, a potentially nice and empty L.A. freeway at 3 in the morning to get to my location, maybe less of a, of a wait in the waiting room. And it was a Sunday. I said, ah, we'll clean up and we'll go back to bed. When I get up, I'll head on over. And that's how... Stubborn and stupid I am when it comes to this stuff. So flash forward to today. I'm hacking, I'm coughing for the third straight night. This is, the cold's gotten, like I said, hasn't gotten horrible, horrible. I wish it would just, I wish I was just in the morgue so I could convince myself I'm real sick. I think that's the thing. I think we as human beings, when it comes to just this base level stuff, there's some more traumatic and serious illnesses out there. I know. But I'm just talking about, you know, the run-of-the-mill illnesses, the sicknesses. Um, we, I think we need to be really convinced because we're so stupid busy. That's part of it. Grace is telling she goes, go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. And my response was, I, you tell me when I have time. You tell me when I have time. A little peek back into my life. This is I'm recording this right now. It is a Tuesday at 8.24 p.m. I've been up since 7.30. I, you know, worked out. I went to work at Collider, recorded uh, over an hour uh, review of a show, came home, recorded a almost two-hour review of the same show, and then a nearly two-hour uh, book review of a Star Wars book. Um Worked out again like a fool because that's what you do when you're sick. Ran some errands to get some more medicine instead of going and put a pin in that. Um, now I am here writing. I'm working on something and, and now I'm recording. I'm not saying this to be like, wow, Ken, you work so hard. You're like the rock. No, I'm not. I'm just saying I said I was too busy to go to the doctor. The doctor, I, I, I have a Kaiser uh, insurance. I could go to several Kaiser locations. My doctor's up in, in Porter Ranch. There's a minute clinic at a CVS down the street that Grace and I have used when we both did not have insurance. You pay a little bit, but hey, there's a little uh, doctor on the staff there. Um, they take a look at you, handle what they can, and then there's a pharmacy right there. So I'm saying to myself, that's where I'll go cost me a little bit, but I'll pay for the convenience versus the inconvenience. It fits in my schedule 
And then I tell myself, I convince myself at some point, I can't go. I can't do this. I'm too busy. I got things to do. And I sell myself that lie. I sell Grace that lie. She doesn't buy it, but it's there. I sell the dogs. The dogs are like, yep, yeah, it works for us. Give us some treats. And what ends up happening is I end up going to the very same CVS that has this minute clinic in it. In the back of my head, I'm, th- I go, I'm just going to pick up some medicine. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. And then I still walk back to it, hacking and coughing. And I look and there's like two people waiting. There's one person signing in, someone waiting. <laughs> I say to myself, clearly don't have enough time. Turn around, walk away, get the stuff I need, get the stuff I think I need, and I get the hell out of there. It's all a lie. It's all a lie. What is this human nature? What is this human nature? I think sometimes, again, we need to just fully be punched in the face and knocked on our ass so we can convince ourselves to get the help we need. And that might not just be for medical things. That's kind of life itself sometimes. We work and work and work our way uh, into a tizzy, and then a solution is offered, and we're like, "That's uh, I can't do that. Can't do that. And sometimes we just need to be beat down by life. Not literally. Well, maybe in some cases. No, 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 not literally. And until until we're finally convinced we need the help. That's what ended, ended up happening with me transitioning into, into mental health. I needed help for a long time and, and, and for well for a long time, but in my mid to late twenties really, really needed it. And I could have got help along the way. I could have sought some kind of solutions, could have done a lot of things to not fix it, but to work towards fixing it. It didn't. It didn't. And then when I had a real bottom out moment, I I, I tried a little bit, but then you don't I didn't commit. Wasn't completely knocked on my ass. So I went around for about a year thinking I had fixed it. I'm good. I'm good. And then I bottomed out even more. And I've talked in other episodes and shows about how sometimes the second wave of depression after you think you've defeated it is worse than the first because you're like, oh, I thought I thought I defeated it. And here we go again. And that was the one. That was the one that knocked me to my knees spiritually and figuratively. And got me to realize we need to do something. We need it. And, and, and I was fortunate enough to have a therapist in my life just waiting for me. And finally said, after hearing this, after I told him this at a, at a party, um, I was attending. He said, you're, you're, you're coming in Monday, 10 a.m. Here's the address. There's no question. No question. And then I knew I didn't have the excuse. So that's how we function. So I'm sitting here as, I, as I'm talking to you. I've already have to, I, this, this recording's been paused two times to allow for me to hack up a lung. As I'm talking, my sinuses feel as though they're getting more and more just ready to explode. Word, I got to travel in a couple of days to do some comedy. Hope to see you all there in Washington, D.C. Don't shake my hands. And I'm wondering, man, did I make a mistake? Did I not... Act before I'm absolutely punched in the face and knocked on my ass. That's what's on my mind. 
it starts as a bad stand-up comedy premise. Yeah, men, we're too stubborn to go to the doctor. And it turns into something big. Don't let yourself get knocked on on your ass. It's what happened to my, uh, my job. When I lost a job, which I now consider to be a real good thing in my life because I, I chose to make it so. I chose to have it inspire me and lead to other things. Uh, none of it easy, but I did it. But I, I really looked back and was like, oh, yeah, I did lose this gig. Yeah, that sucked. Yeah, there's some things that probably w- wouldn't have changed this. But I did it. I got me here. And that put me on my ass. And that is what led me to do a lot of changing. So that's on my mind. That that started as a silly little bit, but it turned into something very real. That's what we're working through. That's what we're working through. Second thing on my mind. What is on my mind right now? What is on my mind? I'll tell you what's on my mind. George Lucas is on my mind. Yeah, let's talk a little Star Wars. We're going to talk about this on Jedi Council. We're going to talk about this on Force Center. I am as amused as I can be over what has happened with Star Wars A New Hope on Disney+. Plus. Have you heard this story? Let's talk a little current events, children. I love this idea. It's so stupid that it's the best thing that's ever happened to my life. George has famously tinkered with his movies. He's tinkered with them. Since the beginning. I don't know if people fully realize that. Star Wars A New Hope was in theaters. The opening weekend. He didn't like a sound. He changed a, a, a piece of the sound that weekend. It's a detailed. It's chronicled in uh, Chris Taylor's book. How Star Wars Conquered the Universe. An excellent read. Highly recommend. So. Uh, it's not new. George considers himself. A true artiste and a tour. He has his pieces of art and they're here his to play with. This we know. Tweaking things along the way. But perhaps one of the most famous is the Greedo shot first moment from the Star Wars special editions in 1997. And then he altered that several times. I don't have a problem with pretty much any of George's changes. I don't like many of them. But if you listen to me over on Force Center, just to get into even more detailed Star Wars talk, we, we celebrate the positive. So for every Jedi rock sequence in Return of the Jedi that I don't like, I celebrate the moments in Return of the Jedi that I do. I like the ending. I like seeing the galaxy celebrate the fall. Um, the Greedo moment in A New Hope is this. Growing up, and for all of us who saw the movie um, in the early uh, generations of Star Wars fandom, Han when faced uh, with the bounty hunter Greedo, um, shoots him in cold blood. Shoots him in self-defense. Pre-self-defense. That's what Han does. George never sat well with George. So, 1997, special editions. They insert a moment, a split second, where Greedo shoots first. Because that way, Sean, uh, Han definitely shot in true self-defense. And the world was aflame with opinions and passions beyond those opinions. And I understand it. I, I don't think you need to change Han that way. I, I do 
disagree with George on that one, but it's George's stuff. It is George's property. Yes, the artist gives it up and it belongs to all of us, but it is not ours at the same time. There is no true ownership. Should he release the other editions? That's one of the big points of contention. Give us the original Star Wars. You know, some of us have them on the original VHS and all that stuff. Great. But let us let us take it in now. Maybe one day. George is, is, is famously against that. Even now in the Disney, Disney era where he might have <coughs> much control, he, he's against it. And I support that too as well. These are the versions of the films. But flash forward to the release of Disney Plus, November 12th, 2019. Let me take you back. People start to firing up the app. And this, I mean, who was the first person? I don't know. I can't track it right now. Watching the movies. Kind of remastered. It's all looking good. I heard I heard reports that the Fox fanfare is back. Yeah, all of a sudden you get to this scene. You get to this scene um, with Han and Greedo. And George over the years, they went from Greedo shooting first, Han shooting first. And they both kind of shot at the same time. And Greedo's just a bad, bad shot. Um, he, he's messed with it a bit here. But now there's this weird beat. And it goes back to Greedo, who's got subtitles. But this time around, there's no subtitles for this one shot. And he just goes, McClunky and, and, and Rodian, McClunky. And then Han blasts him. And the internet is. Flip it out. Flipping out to the point where like Disney and Lucasfilm have to put out an <laughs> official word that, um, hey, we didn't do this. We know you don't like Disney Star Wars a lot of you. I mean, really, not as many people as you'd think, but hey, those YouTube channels are loud. Hey, we didn't, the, the, not us. George did that. Well, George, George sold these films in 2012. When did he do this? Oh, he did it before he sold it to us. This is a version that was going to come out that 2000 was 2011 was the final Blu-ray uh, sets, I think, with some of the final tinkerings and everything. George, and I don't know the exact details in front of me, so someone might correct me later with a little bit more clarification and details, but I guess George was preparing perhaps a 3D release of New Hope and decided, yeah, what the hell? When in, uh, you know, when in doubt, use the bell. What the hell used the bells? What Bobby Enon used to say. Um, and so he inserts this beat. McClunky. Boom, you blasted. The internet's going absolutely crazy over this. And I hadn't watched it. I saw the internet. I saw the tweets going. I'm, I'm recording all these Star Wars shows on, on Tuesday. And I'm seeing it. So finally, I get a chance. Joseph and I record a Resistance Reborn uh, review. Um, he drives home. And I finally, I just bring up the app, bring up the Disney app, sign in. By the way, it's working smooth for me. I know a lot of people have problems. And I know there's some folks in the UK and international markets that don't have it yet. Uh, but you can see this <laughs> McClunky moment online. Um, and I watched it, and I just started laughing my ass off. I think it's great. I think it's great. And then more importantly, I think it's great that George, up until kind of the bitter end, he didn't know necessarily it was the bitter end. But up until then, he's like, yeah, no. I'll do what I want. I'm Captain Flannel. I'll do what I want. 
And I love this because there's a, a loud contingent that, that might not like that. The, they don't like the new Star Wars films. Great. Hallelujah. Good for you. I think you missed everything about it, but good for you. And they think that uh, the versions George would have put out um, are the ones that should have been put out. And look, I, I'm so curious. I want to read those treatments like nothing else. Don't get me wrong. And I would have liked to have seen George's movies if that parallel universe had happened. But you can't tell me that George's 7, 8, and 9 wouldn't have been full with more of these McClunky moments. People would have been like, yeah, yeah, I wish someone like J.J. Abrams would do this. Yeah. Because that's that's also what they were saying around the prequel times. And you guys know I love, I'm a prequelist. I love the prequels. Hot damn, I love them. They're a hot mess. They're also some really insightful, strong thematic movies and part of a larger story. I freaking love them. And all the silly stuff in them, too. And all the bad stuff. Love them. I love Star Wars, man. But... Back then, people were like, oh, he's George. George can tell a story. He should have, he should have given these movies to someone else. And there's always the, the legend, uh, urban legend. I think there's some truth to it that, that uh, Ron Howard was going to, it was offered uh, fan, what, what ended up being Phantom Menace. He turned it down. A clunky man. I don't know. Now the argument of, hey, George can change these all, the, all, all he wants, but hey, just let us watch the versions we grew up with. Eh, all right, that's fine. But he feels this is his story, that it's his story to kind of mold and, and kind of give you the f- f- official answer. And I got to tell you, I agree with that. And the example, I've talked about this before, but Douglas Adams, my favorite author, one of them, let's not forget Nick Hornby. Um, he, with the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy story, he told it many different times in many different ways, many different mediums, ending up in the movie, which he, he wrote kind of the first draft and, and, and put some elements in that movie. And some of the critiques of the movie, you've heard me talk about it, so I'm not going to go into it too much here. Some of the critiques of the, of, of the movie from hardcore fans were put, <coughs> were put there by Douglas Adams. So, Douglas Adams had this... I mean, I, I, you can find the exact quotes, but it's just like, I feel the story should be told different times, in m- many different times, in different mediums, but it should be told different each way. He was obsessed with this idea. Obsessed with kind of reprogramming his own stories. And I, I'm, I'm right there for that. As an artist, as an author, as a creator, he birthed this. And yes, you put it into our hands and we take it and it inspires us and it molds us. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was tremendously inspirational, influential in my comedy and my wanting to get into entertainment. Um, To writing a book, I I did write Why We Love Star Wars, but I have not even come close to trying to do what I would love to do with something like a Hitchhiker series. And it started as a radio play, then it went to novels, then it was a computer game. I played on Commodore 64, and he tried to make it a movie. It was a BBC show. Uh, there's so many things, and I'm okay with it. You have to release a little bit uh, of your own. It's not just nostalgia, but your, your, your attachment to these things. They're redoing right now the Robotech series. Robotech was the comic book series from Comico in the, in the 80s that just I loved, and it was a 
Harmony Gold TV show that Carl Masick put together based on three other uh, Japanese animated properties and, and molded them together into this one story. About 85 was its peak. I think that's when it came out. Um, I love Robotech. I, at one point, it was higher on my list than Star Wars, like in 85, 86. Like, seriously, it was. Um, they tried to do a sequel, the Robotech to the Sentinels, all those things. There's, there's fascinating stories you can find online about why it didn't work and everything. Um, they've been trying to make that into a movie series for a long time. I mean, I could tell you every time when I was doing the Schmoes news, like I can't tell how many times you'd see a story. Oh, it looks like there's someone's got the rights. I think James Wan had the rights. And I was at, it was so funny. Grace and I were at Arclight one night in Hollywood, several different Arclight locations, great theater chain. I uh, highly endorse them though. They don't officially endorse me. I always have a restaurant and bar. And, uh, uh, we were sitting there. We were waiting for our, our, our pal, Joseph Scrimshaw to come on down. He's going to join us for a screening, I do believe. And we're sitting there in the little dining area, and someone behind me is talking with another person. They're sitting there at the little bar tables, and they're they're one of the screenwriters on the new Robotech series, the new movies. And I am trying to eavesdrop as best I can because they're going to have to change that. And I don't know whatever happened to it. I have to dig up and see what happened to that movie property. I don't know. But I had to brace myself because I knew that it would be changed. That's a different thing. That's an adaptation. But then flash forward to 2017, they relaunch a Robotech comic book series. Brian Wood was the first writer on it. And obviously, here we go, an updated version. But it looked the same. It had the same. It was just kind of like a, it, 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 from, the, from the first couple issues, it was kind of like just retelling the story that I love with a couple little variations. But it was, for the most part, the same. I loved it. And also about the third or fourth issue, some dramatic plot elements switched. And I remember I kind of got a little upset. Well, that doesn't happen. That character doesn't die there. In fact, this one dies, but he's not. This one dies? That is not true. That is not what's happened. I can't, and I started to get upset. And I realized, wait a minute, this is not mine. And this isn't even just one person. This isn't George. This is a property. This is not mine. And none of that will take away what happened when I fell in love with that series in the 80s as a kid. All the inspiration and influence I had from that doesn't change. All the inspiration and influence I had from Douglas Adams' work in uh, 84 when I first read it doesn't change by something in a, in a movie in 2005. What, what you felt... In 77, 80, 83, or whenever you first saw Han blasting Greedo down in cold blood, doesn't change. Now, the story might change in Star Wars. Yeah, I get it. But it doesn't change the way you felt and the way you experienced it and the way you were mesmerized by it all. It's still there. And also, it, 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 it matters and it doesn't matter at all, you know? But I was just, I was kind of laughing around. It's just George... Hot damn, George, you've done it again. One last parting gift. You made us remember that this isn't ours. It was always yours. And I love it. I love it. And if you want to watch the original editions, totally get it. I got a VHS tape. I think I still have a player. I'll, I'll rent it out to you. Shipping and handling you pick up, right? No. Um, you can watch it. They'll always be there. But the story goes on, and McClunky, what a story it is. 
We'll be, we'll be back after this with the number one thing on my mind this week here on the three things on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. I'm going to cough a lot. We'll see you on the other side. here on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. Glad to be with you here, wherever you're taking me along with you for the walk, the ride, the workout, the morning contemplation, the evening meditation. I don't know. I had a guest schedule for this week, and then my own sickness canceled it. I'm really upset at the sickness now. I really am. But I'm happy to be here with you, my friends, and talk about the number one thing on my mind. And that is that it's it's blank. There's nothing on my mind. Oh, there can be many, many things for me to fill the void here. There's many important things to talk about. Many things going on in your lives, in my lives, in the world. Your neighbors. The people across the street you don't talk to. The guy at the 7-Eleven you, you just know by name. He's got problems you could be worried about. There's a lot of things that could be on my mind, but right now, there's nothing. I think it's the sickness. I think it's the been working so hard factor. And I think it's the amount of medication I've been dumping into my soul the last few days. It's left me completely blank. And as I sat there in the break, hacking and coughing a bit, but also trying to determine what am I going to talk about? What is the number one thing on my mind this week? I realized it's empty. It's completely empty. And then I just uh, just simply embraced it. I just simply realized the vast emptiness of my brain right now is a good thing. Last episode of Three Things, we talked about the sickness was forcing me to stop, and there's great value in being forced to stop. Which ties into what I was talking about earlier, about sometimes you don't stop and you need to be punched straight to your ass. That's not this right now. I just have nothing on my mind, and it's it's kind of glorious because I think it's very hard for a lot of us to relax. Again, that's what I was talking about last episode of the stopping, but it's, it's, it's even harder to just kind of stew in the nothingness. And I think that's rather important, too. And after I'm done recording here, I'm going to embrace it even more by just staring into the void. And maybe putting something on the TV. You got that fancy Disney Plus. Like 2,000 extra viewing options I didn't have yesterday before I had the service. This is the world we live in now. I think I'm just going to take that moment. And take, and take the blankness. There are a thousand thoughts racing through our heads. A thousand things we need to do. A thousand things we know we should be doing. And to be in this moment talking with you all right now on a podcast where I'm supposed to have ideas. This is the marketplace for ideas. And to have none feels extra free. Duh. No. I mean, a little bit. Duh. That's how I I feel. It's not necessarily what's going on, but that's how I feel. I think it's great. I think it's great. I'm going to embrace it. Tomorrow, 
Tomorrow there will be a lot more. Tomorrow I have 50 things on my mind. I got to get ready for a stand-up comedy show. I can't wait to do that. Traveling to Washington, D.C. I got my little joke book out. Putting all my bits together. See, I got a lot of things on my mind, but... But we'll do that tomorrow. And I'm not pushing things off until tomorrow. That's not that's not a good trait. I won't do that. I'm just going to enjoy the fact that the only thing that's on my mind is that after this recording is done, I have got to uh, walk down the hall, talk to two chihuahuas. We're alone this evening. Communicate with these chihuahuas. Maybe take them outside for a tanks. You know? Stare at the moon and just enjoy that my mind is slowed down enough. Thank God for the Mucinex and the Robitussins and the whatever else I'm mixing. I will admit to having a little bit of whiskey with some of the Mucinex last night. Not together at once, but very close to each other. Yeah, I think we're going to be okay. I think we're going to be okay. I think that's what being blank, having nothing on your mind, reminds you. Where last week we talked about but being forced to stop. I'm worried that life might be kicking me to my ass to remind me and to let me know I am sick and I do need some help. I, it's all there. But I think this having nothing on your mind is a way for everything else to flow on in. New thoughts, new goals, New themes working through your life. I think that is a good thing. And I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to embrace it. In fact, I've got nothing else to say on the subject. The number one thing on my mind this week is nothing. And for once, it actually feels good. So that's going to end this episode of The Three Things. i still got some housekeeping to take care of, but I almost can't remember it because there's nothing on my mind. Well... That's not entirely true. I want to thank all the high-tier Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash catnapsock. That includes Thomas Risling, uh, Lethal Logan X, Matthew Simon, Bedore, Kyle Harlow, Matt Thompson, Taymor, his brothers Abdul and Rafay, Ty Schallenberger, uh, my, my good friend from high school, uh, Zach Anderson, Nathan Ovendale, Donald Long, um, <coughs> all of you. Well, there's I couldn't edit that calf out. That one I did. I muted. See, I muted. the. Uh, that's a cough button. Wow. See, that's been plaguing me. It's definitely time to shut up. But I want to thank all of you for making a lot of things uh, really happy, really good for me uh, with your support on uh, Patreon. Uh, if you also want to get collector cards for the Knapsack Files, that's me, my face on some baseball cards designed by Brian Ward. You can head to KenNapsock.com. I'm also selling book plates there. What are book plates? If you have a copy of Why We Love Star Wars, but you're not able to get to me uh, at a live event or anything, um, and you're not able to get to me to uh, get it signed, personalized, you can order book plates from me and little stickers, three-by-three stickers with a little design on them, a little space for me to draw. Uh, Not draw, write my name. Well, I guess I could draw. I could draw a little, like, TIE fighter or something. Um, And I can sign those for you, and I'll send those out to you with a keychain, all for sale on my website, catnapsock.com. To those that might be seeing me this week in Washington, D.C. for stand-up comedy, for those who are listening after that's long been done, looking forward to that. Looking forward to uh, connecting and making people laugh. That is on my mind. And that's been a lot of fun, and I'm 
I'm not even as, as full back into it as even as even I want to do, because I do want to really be back into stand-up comedy. Um, but other things have kind of taken me away since I, uh, I got back into it. But we're not we're not we're not away from it. And this is going to be a lot of fun opening up for Mark Ellis. Um, I think I got so I don't know if I got anything new I want to try. That's not always smart for a comic. You don't want to just eh, try something new out. But I got something in mind. I got a UFO story I want to tell. I got one. I want to tell not just the UFO story, but like what it feels to have a UFO story. The shame in that, but the kind of joy in that is the thing. We'll see. I'll see. I'll see how that plane flight goes. If I can, if I, because I can't sleep on planes. Uh, I try and try and try, and I got a red eye flight, but it, it never works. Maybe I'll pull out the book, pull out the joke book. Just like when I ro- uh, rode that plane uh, plane flight to Burbank, uh, from Burbank to San Francisco, and came up with an entire set that I unveiled on the world in San Francisco to much success. Maybe I'll do that while flying to Washington, D.C. Or, you know, if they got Last Christmas playing on an in-flight movie, I'll probably watch that, too. There's a lot of things. All right. I'm going to choke and cough my way into the night. You guys have been great for bearing with me. Uh, missed an episode last week. Trying to get back on the horse. Had a guest uh, that I had to cancel because I was sick. So a lot of things coming here with the Knapsack Files. More episodes of Mysteries and the Unexplained. Uh, Dodge Allen. Uh, Behind the Bag. All those kind of things. Thank you so much for your support. Spread the word. Tell people about the Knapsack Files. You can get the shirts on Public too, if you want to also support and spread the word. That's it for now. That loud pressing of the button means the music is played. We'll see you next week on the Knapsack Files. This was the three things. Bye-bye.